Welcome to the Portable Noncast. The Portable Noncast is hosted by Paul Nix, the man speaking to you now and throughout this episode. This podcast is sponsored by no one, not yet anyways. Thank you for joining me. Now let's listen to me complain for a while. Hi there, welcome back to the Portable Noncast. I'm your host, Paul Nix, and I've probably had too much to drink. I don't know how much is too much, but it was a lot all at once, maybe. It was, it's Monday, it was a long day, not in terms of effort or exertion, but it was just, shut up and get off my case, because I'm the one uh, talking on the internet right now, and you are not. I didn't start my timer till just now, so it's going to be 30 seconds off. That's, uh, that's pissing me off. That was my bad. Uh, what to start with? Well... There's, uh, we'll go down a, a couple of little things, just because I noticed them when I was scrolling through Twitter, and it's like, wh- what? Uh, thank you, Twitter, for all of the nonsense. Uh, but that's just the news, not necessarily the platform. I'm rambling. It's not the alcohol, it's just me rambling, because I'm trying to fill time. I'm trying to fill time on the internet and waste your time, because you're listening to this, and you made that decision. That's not my problem. I apologize, but not really, because, I mean, we'll see. Whatever. You've turned this off by now, I'm sorry. First up, Beyonce at the uh, wedding thing in India. People are too rich. People are just too rich. I mean, if you can afford to just throw currency at one of the hottest musical artists in the, in the world, and just be like, here, have some money, come to my, come to my party, and sing and dance as if this were a small town in Maine, like a concert type thing, as if it were a small town in Maine, but it's just, it's a party. It's like a private party. I didn't actually read any articles, I just skimmed a few things, and I saw the phrase pre-wedding a couple times, which is insane. I mean, is that, what do you mean, like an engagement party? Because those are stupid too, but, I mean, what does that even mean, pre-wedding? Define that for me. This is like a petting zoo scenario. There's like a zoo and there's a petting zoo. Because petting zoo is where you keep like the bullshit animals that can't really hurt anyone except for goats. I mean, a really, why would we put goats in a petting zoo? Those seem dangerous. They eat things that shouldn't be eaten, like cans and batteries, children's heads. So, I mean, why would you take a child to a petting zoo and put them in front of a goat? They have weird alien eyes. I mean, why would you trust a goat? If you have, was it, 130-something billion dollars, that's too much money. It's too much money for, for a dude to have and his stupid daughter. I mean, even a billion. It's just, it's enough, all right? Just stop with the money, everyone. It's just, let's, come on. I opened it just so I could have a, it's, it's more of a close-up. I don't know why I, I did that. It's horrifying. The Sonic the Hedgehog movie poster. Our family always had a Sega Genesis, so I was always partial to Sega, and uh, I always found the Super Nintendo weird, and people who preferred it weird, but then again, it's just simply because I never had one. And I was a Sonic over a Mario guy. Not, I was, I'm a fan of Mario, I like Mario, but I've always been a Sonic dude, for the most part. Uh, the old school Sonic is obviously uh, where it's at. But this fucking poster is just goddamn bananas. It looks like... It looks like a movie Shaq should be in. 
for starters. It looks like a poster for a movie that came out in 1996 and was sponsored by Mountain Dew. Is Sonic the Wolfman? I mean, is it going to be like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit thing where he's like the only animated thing and everything else is live action? I'm sure it's all going to be CG, but from this poster, it looks insane. It looks like Rick Baker helped make a Wolfman slash Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which, I mean, that sounds cool. An American Sonic in London. That's stupid, but, I mean, probably more entertaining. But it's, it looks insane. Looks like goddamn gibberish. Why does he look so human? He's just like a, he's a dude. He looks like a dude. And then everything's at a weird angle and they just slap the Sonic head logo onto a dude. Usain Bolt with a giant mascot head on. Doesn't make any fucking sense. From the producer of Fast and Furious at the top is, I mean, I get it, but, yeah. Eh. Anyhow, those those two things are fucked. So how's that for Monday? God damn it. I made a know about this a while ago. It's uh the prostate ads. I'll let's I'll let that breathe a bit. <laughs> breathe. Like underwear. Where your junk resides. I can't remember specifically if it was the federal government in Canada, just Ontario. I apologize if this is out of context for everyone who's not Canadian or everyone who wasn't in the general area in Canada where this came out, but it was it made the news for a bit, and I made a note of it at the time. If you go to famousfingers.ca, I think these were on buses, posters around wherever the hell, various people's hands, finger pointing as if it was going to go up your butt, and it was just weird, like, why would you want Frankenstein's monster? putting its finger up your butt, or Babe Ruth, or King Tut, or whoever the fuck else. It's just a large series of just like, hey, these guys are dead, and they can, would you want them sticking their finger up your butt to check yourself for cancer? Or would you want a doctor to do it? Or something like that. A lot of people were weirded out because it didn't make any sense. I was going to redo a, like a, like a better kind of prostate examination ads. I didn't have time, so I just, I heard the two idea I had. Just, just taglines. Uh, your wife takes care of her melons for you. Get your cucumber checked out for her. But I'm dumb. So that's, I feel like that's better than here, let, uh, Dracula stick his finger up your ass. For example. Here's Gordy Howe. Let, he's gonna put a digit up your pooper. I'm not using a pop filter, uh, by the way, right now, so I apologize. It's in the other room. I'm too lazy to set it up. So just, so just kiss my ass. Uh, what was the other one? My my ideas were mainly sexual-based, simply because I feel that's the only way to get the uh, red-blooded, uh, heterosexual, insecure fellow to get his prostate checked. The other one was, uh, we're not saying that your wife will let you do that thing you talked about if you agree to get your prostate checked, but it's the best chance you're going to get. Which is, of course, a butt sex reference. In my experience, the best way to talk your significant other into butt sex is to uh, stick something in your butt first. So that's just a, that's a little handy uh, tip for you. Walk around with a, well, whatever you want to put in there, but make sure it's, it's meant to go in your ass. Like, don't put, like, bronzed mushrooms or uh, uh, ladles. Don't stick those in your behind. 
Those are difficult to remove. Just saying. What else we got? I set myself a reading challenge this year. I'm cutting it fairly close. 35 books. I think I started in August. I got one left. I'm halfway through Left Behind by those two guys who wrote Left Behind. Apparently, there is more than, like, three of those books. There's, like, fucking 16 or something. And if they are anything like the first book, I, I will just, I will rapture myself. Because, holy fuck. These books are not well written. They are just, it's like, and it's not even the, the churchiness so much. It's just, it's not. It's written like, you know the way a text-to-speech renders the human voice? It's written as if a robot was trying to write the way a, a people writes. So it's just like a robot would feel the need to address five pages to nonsense so it knows exactly what's happening in its programming to get to the next scene, which is not the way, you know, you cut down a book or a television show. You, you compress time. The author or the writer or the filmmakers when you're doing a thing you compress the time so when some people have a when two people have a conversation that you don't feel the need to go to another conversation have the original two people come back to the conversation and back and forth a couple times wasting three pages it having gone nowhere just the entire time for it being about the goddamn apocalypse it is very slow Nothing happens for long stretches. Apparently it gets slightly better. If this is the beginning of Revelation, uh, and there are like fucking 16 of these, I can see they're, they're, you know, let's pace ourselves for the fucking craziness to come. But this is boring, goddammit. You're barely describing all of this worldwide carnage that's happening. Eh. And nobody swears, of course, because it's written by Christians, weirdo Christians, not not like Christians who live in the real world and understand that you can swear and describe and show things in your art that are intense, uh, the way Denzel Washington is a Christian but understands that, you know, art has to be, you know, engaging for whoever's reading or watching or listening to it. I, I can't say I recommend it just yet, unless you want... It's like... I'd say it's worth reading in, in the way that a bad movie is worth watching if you're doing it in a mystery science theater so bad it's good kind of way. Because it is kind of so bad it's good. It's crap, but it's entertaining crap for the most part, I guess. <laughs> so we'll, we'll, we'll see how that wraps up. Um, all of the names are nonsense. Rayford Steele, is that is a man's name in that book. He is a pilot. It's ridiculous. There are, there are a couple of moments... I don't give a shit if I spoil anything, so fuck you, because it's a rapture. But anyways, Rayford Steele, his wife, and his son get raptured, so they're gone, and when he finds out, he cries a bit, and the way they describe him going into his wife's bedroom, finding her nightgown, and him taking off her clothes, and he lays face down and hugs the nightgown and cries himself to sleep, is just weird. Like, he's just, how do you face down and then, I don't know, it's just, it's weird. And then when he wakes up, there's a stewardess lady who calls him, or he calls her, and he turns into a robot and forgets that his wife and his son just got raptured. He just found out. He woke up, but he's like, he's like, okay, well, thank you, goodbye. I mean, understand he might be in shock, but 
I don't know. It's just a weird fucking way for that conversation to go. This, this is a weird fucking book. And I think the problem is I've seen other better ways. This kind of like an apocalyptic type craziness, people disappearing or whatever scenario has been portrayed. And this is this is not a like this is not the leftovers. Obviously not as churchy, but I don't know. It's like imagine Independence Day, but without all the buildup of the aliens preparing to attack. And then them not showing the aliens attack and them showing just a few cars that are turned over and on fire. And then the rest of the movie is like two hours of them in hotel rooms awkwardly calling each other and trying to get places, but nothing actually happening. That's that's so far the first half of Left Behind. So I thought, I'd, well, what the hell, you know, and it is it is interesting to see just one domino leads to the other. But uh, would I recommend it? Uh, just in a Mystery Science Theater 3000 way. Don't don't go into this expecting. This is just, I mean, even if you're a fan of the subject matter, it's not well written at all. I'm by no means uh, churchy, but uh, there's another book, uh, The Last Guardian by Shane Johnson, which is churchy to a fair degree, but at least it's pretty well written. It's not fantastic. But there's a lot of expanding on mythology here and there and adding things and when terrible things happen. It's like shit actually happens in that book. And Left Behind, it might as well be a series of insurance commercials. All right, so this Saturday... Me and a couple friends of mine went to see uh, WWE Live here in Winnipeg, and uh, this is the second time I've gone, and it was pretty damn entertaining. Uh, it was the SmackDown crew this time, and uh, sat a touch closer than usual, right on the, the entranceway, uh, row seven, and it was a lot of fun. It's um, I think it was because it was closer to a pay-per-view this time around. There's a little more interactivity, a little more talking to the audience. Cool to finally see uh, the New Day, them taking on Sheamus and Cesaro. There's a lot of you can tell those guys have a lot of fun together. It was naughty, pretty really old school from when uh, when I was coming up. Other than that, it was cool to see Jeff Hardy still doing his thing. He spent he spent a good deal of time just going around, taking his time, uh, shaking everyone's hand. It was he spent. Uh, I think they had to restart his theme music, and it was it was really cool to see uh, him doing that. It's just they don't make a whole lot of stops here, and and he was he gave the people their uh, their money's worth. It was it was cool to see. It was great to see Charlotte Flair and Oscar. I was a big fan of. I am a, am a big fan of Charlotte's dad, Rick, and Oscar's just uh, <laughs> badass as all hell. My girlfriend's a, a huge fan of Oscar, and she uh, she lost her voice uh, screaming for Oscar and Shinsuke Nakamura. Charlotte, she's insane as well. I mean, it's just anybody who can backflip and land on their feet uh, doesn't make any sense to me. I can hear my knees shattering just uh, imagining trying to do that. One of the matches was cool to see Anderson and Gallows and uh, uh, the Iconics and Lana not going to run down every single match. You can check it out online. But it was cool to see uh to see Rusev and uh see Shinsuke. I was uh, I was glad SmackDown came this time because it meant I'd get to see the Miz again and regardless of what you think of of him, uh he's he knows how to he knows how to work a crowd. I mean, it's it's very entertaining. He's he's rock-esque in his his ability to just fuck with a crowd, just get get you in the palm of his hand and it was cool to see AG Styles he's a uh, he's in great shape and it was yeah it was a lot of fun so if you're on on the fence about uh, this type of thing it's uh WWE is a, it's a lot of fun it's very family friendly it's it's intense it's it's hilarious it's very 
interactive. My uh, my girlfriend was uh, she was having a lot of fun, and uh, she <laughs> there was a lull uh, during uh, AJ Styles versus The Miz, and she booed uh, The Miz, and he uh, he heard her and uh, started tr- trash talking her, and, and she was <laughs> up. I don't know, but how to how to say uh, entertainingly uh, taken aback. I, I guess I need a better way to phrase that, but it's just kind of a, kind of just like a boo. So yeah, I, I really recommend it if they come through town or a town of yours. If you can make the trip, uh, go go check it out. Well, that's gonna do it for me here on the Portable Noncast. I've been Paul Nix, and I've been ranting for a good while now. Hopefully, I'll cut it down to something imaginable. And hey, I'm not that drunk anymore. I should go fix that. Thank you for listening. If you did listen. If you didn't, I don't know how you're hearing this, but fuck you in the face. Not literally, though, because that is rude, and uh, I would need your permission first. Or whoever is fucking you in the face would need your permission. That is how face-fucking works. I hope you are not a child in listening to this. I have sworn a lot and used very vivid imagery. I apologize to everyone in the entire world. Thank you for listening. The music for the Portable Noncast is Dude Where's My Horse by Nat Keefe with the bow ties. Please visit PortableNonsense.com for more of my nonsense if you like. Or follow me on Twitter at at the pigeon. That's T-H-E-P-J-N. I hope you have a better day tomorrow. <laughs>